Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to it. And there is much to get to today, I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, I will get to it uh, post-haste. We have much to get to, uh, including not only a... uh, a summit with Russia and China and a, a departing statement from President Xi uh, that should send uh, chills up your spines also. Oh, 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 the uh, the latest news on uh, what's going on with uh, Alvin Bragg, the uh, the AG in, uh, in New York, and Donald Trump, because it looks like... Well, it looks like some things are happening that uh, that are very positive. I'll just say I'll just say that. So I'm going to get to all of that, all of the audio and whatnot, and uh, and then and even more and more and more. Call now, and if you if you uh, you know we'll, for no shipping and ha- for just a shipping and handling charge, we'll throw in uh, you know episode number two of the Rob Carson Show. Anyway, it's a great deal. But I want to mention something. Um, a lot of the times, um, you you learn more from defeat than you do from victory, and also you learn more from silence than you do from vocality. And there's a, a number of reasons I say that. Uh, one of the things is, you know, any time in your life, a victory is great, you get a trophy, all of that, but a defeat, you, you have to be self-introspective, uh, you have to look at yourself, how do I make myself better so I can get to that victory? And then in other times, sometimes the most vocal should be listened to, don't get me wrong, but more is said by those who remain silent. And I could uh, say a lot about the previous presidents of the United States, Barack Obama, particularly, uh, uh, George Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Jimmy Carter, not so much. You know, he's an old guy. So, but, but, uh, but they have been very silent through all of we've been through in the last couple of years. Everything from the southern border being wide open to uh, to the uh, spy balloon flying over, to uh, the fentanyl crisis. And and I, I want to ask, and this is beyond decorum, by the way, because a lot of this, you know, they'll say it's, well, you know, you, know, you, want, the, you want the current president to, uh, to uh, be able to um, <clears throat> do his job, and we don't want to interfere with it. But I'm going to tell you, uh, there's been a lot of silence from a lot of different people, including ex-presidents, Mitch McConnell, although he's been hospitalized, but Mitch McConnell hasn't said anything about the crisis of the southern border. Mitch McConnell hasn't said anything about uh, fentanyl. Mitch McConnell didn't say anything, really, I, uh, I don't recall, about the Chinese spy balloon. Mitch McConnell hasn't said anything, really, about inflation that is uh, really... Uh, I mean, when you look at all of the things that are affecting people in this country, all of the, the uh, crises that are affecting the American people... Silence says much more than those who are vocal. I am vocal. I, I like to think that I have something powerful to say to you on a daily basis, and if not powerful, at least informative. If not informative, at least humorous. All right, <laughs> I shouldn't exactly. That's like the pyramid of needs, but I'm going to tell you they're all important, and that's what I that's what I do. Uh, but but there are people who are in power who who should be in touch with what is impacting the American people the most, and those who remain the most quiet. 
uh, uh, say more about who is in charge than those who are uh, very, very uh, involved and very outspoken. Jim Jordan, very outspoken. We know where he stands on things. But Mitch McConnell being silent on many things and other Republican power brokers in Washington, D.C. remain silent show to me that their devotion is more to the swamp and the uh, the massive amounts of power and money they're in Washington D.C. than they are about uh, about you and me. And, and, a, and a prime example was Joe Biden going to Ukraine and uh, continuing the commitment to a war that many Americans uh, do not want us to be involved in and would like to uh, see end peacefully. And then at the same time, Joe Biden, of course, completely ignored the people of out East Palestine, Ohio. And uh, Donald Trump went and visited. But it gives you an idea of, uh, of what the people in charge care about, and they broadcast with their silence how little they care about you and me. And, uh, and so hopefully we'll begin to turn the tide on that. I have a bit of good news that I want to get to today at the start of the show. And in the last five years or so in my life, I had been raised my entire life to believe that freedom of expression in this country really existed and, and we had freedom of speech in this country. And it is what I've always said. It is the, uh, the greatest piece of legislation in the history of mankind. The First Amendment is the greatest piece of legislation in the history of mankind, uh, backed up by the Second Amendment. Because for the first time in uh, world history, it codified the ability to redress your grievances with the government. It codified the ability to speak freely, to assemble freely, and to uh, and to <clears throat> practice your religion free- freely. This is really, really, really important. And in the last five years, I have seen, uh, and now it's laid bare by the Twitter files and uh, and other other things that I've talked about on the show, how much that freedom of speech has been restricted. And it started for me when I was, uh, I was out of work and I, was, uh, I had to sell cars for a living, which, I, you know, you're great if you do cars, but it's not my bag, baby. And, uh, and I'd come home after a 12-hour day and put together a podcast and, and, and do my, my show. And uh, when I saw, I saw a glimpse of light, and uh, I was a part of uh, 29 Facebook pages and 19 million viewers and listeners and i would do broadcasts on that network of 29 facebook pages and 19 million followers every day and i was really starting to build i was finally starting to maybe be able to make a living doing what i love the most which is uh what you're listening to right now and on october the 31st of 2018 uh, all of those stage all of those uh, facebook pages and their followers and all of the money that was paid to get those followers the $250,000 plus by a man named Terry Terry uh, Littlepage was gone all of them were gone all of them the dreams of all of the people who were on his network gone disappeared one of them by the way is a january 6th prisoner joe biggs uh, that aside, um, and then after that, I had other ways that I was uh, censored, and it was heartbreaking for me because I didn't expect to be censored in the freest country in the world. And, and uh, one example was my Facebook page the day after the 2020 election. It just disappeared. It was just gone. I got no explanation. There was no reasoning. There wasn't a post that I did. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're changing the rules now after I've been told that I could do this. And then the same thing happened on Twitter with any time I tried to post anything that was just my opinion that I'm, I'm uh, allowed to share. It's guaranteed by the First Amendment. 
were taken down. And then YouTube, I posted a video by Robert Kennedy Jr. about COVID that is now truthful. I mean, it, it was considered uh, a disinformation three years ago, and now it's absolutely true. But they took down my YouTube page. And all the while, while uh, other bloggers, other uh, podcasters have made their fortunes on social media, I personally have been restricted in my reach. I've been demonetized. I cannot make any money on Facebook. It's not. And then just a, a couple months ago, my other Facebook page completely disappeared. Gone, gone, gone. So we've seen this new uh, censorship of speech that I had never experienced in my life, and I consider this to be uh, an affront to the First Amendment and also heartbreaking for those who are not on the side of popular speech. The First Amendment was created to protect unpopular speech. And right now we have a, a federal government that picks uh, what is popular and they also pick what is their truth. And we know, thanks to the Twitter files, they were working with the Stanford Virality Project, uh, working with all of the social platforms to shut down even truthful posts because they disagreed with the government narrative, which I suspected all along, and I'm being proven right. That said, we are all better when the arena of ideas is open to everyone. All right? I follow some crazy people on Twitter that I don't even like because I want to see what they have to say. I want to be able to react to it. And I'm not for banning those people from Twitter. I'm not for banning anyone from Facebook unless you're a you know, a rabid uh, racist Nazi or something like that. I, I, you know, but, but honestly, uh, I, I'm not here to shut anybody down. And, uh, and a few months ago, I got the, uh, and, and you got the news, that DirecTV was dropping Newsmax from its lineup. And I don't know all of the, uh, the details behind it, but for many people, it was, uh, the, uh, suddenly the arena of ideas became a lot smaller. Because OAN went away, and then Newsmax went away, and the last conservative network was Fox. Well, I have some good news today. And, and it's not just because I work for Newsmax, and I do a, a Newsmax radio show, and I do a Newsmax television show. It is because people who don't have voices spoke out. You spoke out. People who wanted to hear other viewpoints, people who wanted to uh, have as many conservative outlets as there are liberal outlets, spoke up. And Newsmax has come to an agreement with DirecTV for a multi-year distribution deal that will return Newsmax to DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, and UVerse, and it starts on March 23rd, 2023. DirecTV lost rights to distribute a Newsmax January the 25th, so it's been a while, and we've had a lot of things happen uh, in the meantime. Chris Ruddy, who is the general manager, the uh, not the general, but the CEO of Newsmax, who is, I can never repay for what he has given to me as far as discovering me and saying, here's a guy who has something to say, let's put him on the air. And I thank him for that. But here's what Mr. Ruddy said. Newsmax recognizes and appreciates that DirecTV clearly supports diverse voices, including conservative ones. As a standalone company, DirecTV gave Newsmax its start nearly a decade ago as it continues to do with upcoming new news networks, which is why we are so pleased to reach a mutual beneficial agreement that will deliver our networks to DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, and Uverse customers over the next several years. This resolution with Newsmax 
resolving an all-too-common carriage dispute underscores our dedication to delivering a wide array of programming and perspectives to all of our customers. By the way, and that came from Bill Morrow of DirecTV. Through our persistent negotiations, we reached a resolution under mutually agreeable business terms, allowing us to deliver the conservative news network at the right value, a reflection of the free market at work. We will be back on... DirecTV, DirecTV Stream, UVerse at no additional cost to customers. So Newsmax is back on, ain't going to cost you another dime. This was an overwhelming effort by a lot of people. I got to meet a, a whole bunch of, uh, of Newsmax fans last night, and I was at a convention of states gathering my first one and uh, got to uh, hang out with a lot of them. And they wanted Newsmax back on direct TV. And I said, you know, we're hopeful. We're hopeful that something will happen. And a lot of times when, when you know, it's so many things, politics in this country, we, we line up on either side and there's no coming together on anything. Uh, I believe that uh, we will come together to save our country, and I also know that you guys, along with some uh, people who are in power, Jim Jordan, who, who are uh, Ted Cruz, stepped forward and, and stepped to bat for Newsmax on DirecTV, and at least DirecTV listened, and they heard you. And they said, okay, we get it, we get it. We, we have another, a lot of liberal networks on here that have rabid followers. Uh, and, but we also have these few conservative entities, and they must be able to compete in the arena of ideas. So I want to thank DirecTV for that, and I want to thank God that it happened. Because this is a really big deal for freedom of expression and, again, the arena of ideas. So that's really all I'm going to say about this for now. Again, March 23rd, we will be back on, which is ta-da, tomorrow. And, uh, and this, is a, this is a really big deal in the media world when you consider the, uh, the long guns out against freedom of expression from those in power. So uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Coming up, I've got some uh, news from the summit with China and Russia, the Sino-Russo uh, summit, some uh, not good news, and then a lot of stuff with regard to uh, the uh, Alvin Bragg case against uh, 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 Donald Trump. And, by the way, we have uh, Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz, who's been an outstanding uh, advocate for uh, for Donald Trump and also against using the uh, the justice system as a political weapon. So that's coming up today. It's going to be Blockbuster. 800-922-6680 is the number. This is The Rob Carson Show. America is freedom's last hope, and we're going to fight for it. It's The Rob Carson Show. Something we have not done a good job of commemorating this week is the beginning of the Iraq War uh, 20 years ago. And uh, this was kind of the generational, uh, uh, this is the uh, Gen X uh, millennial uh, war, essentially, as far as those who were uh, ready to fight. And like so many wars where uh, we've been asked to defend our country, there were people who were willing to step forward and uh, sacrifice their lives, their injuries, their, their physical health, their mental health to defend our country and to defend freedom. And today we're going to talk to uh, a man who was in college playing football. Right after 9-11, he quit and he joined and he served. His brother also served in Iraq together at the same time. He has a purple heart. And uh, my friend who's joining us, his name is Jeremiah Bull. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. 
He says, we lost 81 soldiers in my brigade on multiple deployments. We cannot forget. We cannot forget Vietnam. We cannot forget Korea. We cannot forget the war on terror. We cannot forget the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, we cannot forget World War II. We cannot forget World War I. Because if we do, we're doomed to repeat all of those. And so we'll talk to Jeremiah, and we'll remember you guys, you guys who served during that time, you guys who pulled up everything, you gave up everything. Pat Tillman gave up everything, a career, a, a professional football career, a life where he could retire at 35 and be set. He could do anything with his life whatsoever, and he gave it up because he saw what happened on 9-11, and that impacted so many people. And I've got a nephew who I hadn't seen since he was a child. I met him again at my brother's funeral, his father's funeral in 2016, when he, or 2004, when he was 16. And I didn't see him again until 10 years later when he was 26. And he had been in Afghanistan on multiple tours. And he had seen some of his best friends die, including his best friend. And he has PTSD. He is 33 years old now. We don't talk anymore, but we need to acknowledge this sacrifice. It is the same as every sacrifice that Americans have stepped forward to fight and to make during our history. It's every bit as worthy. And in the light of how Joe Biden treats our military and the unceremonious withdrawal from Afghanistan, we have to recognize your sacrifice because so many have done their level best to at least make you feel like it was in vain. But it was not. It was not. So that is coming up on the show. I had a long con conversation with uh, some people yesterday about the show, what we can do better, how we can make it better. And one of the, the things that I've always said with regard to my radio career and what I do, entertain, inform, motivate people to do good. And I believe right now we're at a uh, position in our country, a place in our country where we are under direct assault from our enemies, both foreign and domestic. And I know now that the substantial amount of the people in this country are worried and concerned about the country, saying it's going in the wrong direction. And on at least that point, we can come together. So Democrat and Republican, not left. There's nothing you can do about the left. The left are gone. They're, they're the ones who are trying to usher in this Maoist, uh, nonsensical revolution to destroy the country. And that's what it is. And you get it. Liberals get it. Democrats get it. And right now, 72% of American adults believe we are headed in the wrong direction under President Biden's leadership. That is up four points since December after Joe Biden supposedly had the best midterms for a Democrat president since John F. Kennedy. So you get it. I get it. Together, we're going to turn this around. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to fight for it. We're going to get to what happened with regard to the, uh, the uh, accord or the meeting that Xi Jinping had with Vladimir Putin, which should send a very powerful message to all of us, particularly those of us who believe the country is in, in, headed in the wrong direction. But don't worry, we're going to be able to right this ship. I believe it. And we're going to be able to right it together because the people driving us down this path, the people who are causing us 
patriotic Americans to believe we're going in the wrong direction. They're a very tiny memor- uh, minority, and all we have to do is say no. All right? That's coming up. Next, we're talking about the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War. I'd love to hear from veterans, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Carson. The madness is upon us. Make your march a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Grab your extra funds now, and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance to win big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Use the promo code Newsmax to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's mybookie.website slash Newsmax. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. We the people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show. Monday morning when I signed on, or Monday afternoon when I signed on, I said of the Alvin Bragg uh, uh, indictment of Donald Trump and the potential arrest, I said, do it, do it, do it, yes, yes, yes. And as the only person who's saying, do it, do it, please make him in to a martyr, make him in to uh, Galileo, make him in to, uh, you know, whoever, Uh, and guess what? It looks like it might be backfiring on Alvin Bragg. We're going to get into it coming up here. But what I said yesterday, I said it looks like the wheels are coming off this. And it looks like a uh, political hack who would weaponize the Justice Department against his political opponent. Uh, It looks like he's going to do a face plant. So we're going to get to that very shortly. going to talk to Professor Alan Dershowitz, who is an otherwise liberal. And I have great respect for him. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about the latest developments. That'll be the bottom of next hour. And, and I know that you guys have questions that you've asked me to ask him, and I'm going to do that. All right? But there are times that we need to talk about things that aren't necessarily in the headlines. One of the stories that, unfortunately, has not really been in the headlines this week is the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War. Now, you will remember where you were if you were, you know, not a Gen Zer on uh, September the 11th, 2001. I was working on a radio station. I got off the air. I was told, go back in. And I watched in horror as the second plane hit the towers. And I knew immediately we were under a terrorist attack. The next day in downtown Cincinnati, where I lived, 10,000 people came together on Fountain Square to pray and to weep. I've never cried so much 
for 3,000 people I didn't know. And it not only caused immense grief, it motivated so many people to pick up arms, to fight our enemies, and to say that I will net, not let those people in those towers, in the Pentagon, in that field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, I will not let them die in vain, and there will be hell to pay. And a lot of young men and women, but mostly men in the field of battle, signed up. And now, here we are 20 years later, and 4,600 dead. And this week came with the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War, barely mentioned. And I have been very active when I was in Washington, D.C. with Fisher House, visiting Walter Reed, working with a great organization in Kansas City called Fish that uh, gives uh, uh, service dogs and and, uh, track wheelchairs to uh, those who have been uh, injured in in battle. Uh, And and many of those are people who are in their their 20s, experienced unbelievable injuries, whether physical or mental, and have to spend the rest of their lives with those, and they walk among us. One of the people who did sign up after 9-11 joins us on the phone. He is from Kansas City. His name is Jeremiah Bull. He works with a friend of mine named Paul Chapa, who who created the organization Friends in Service of Heroes. Fish is what it is, and he joins us on the phone. Sir, first of all, let me tell you, thank you for your service on this week of remembrance. Hey, thanks, Rob, and thanks for having having me on today. Let me uh, ask you what happened after uh, September the 11th. Uh, you said you were playing football and you left college and joined the Army. Tell us about that. And then where did you go? Yeah, so um, my brother uh, had signed up right out of high school, my younger brother. Um, and I, I had no intentions of joining the military until September 11th. Uh, my brother got deployed uh, right after he uh, graduated basic training and got sent over um, with 1st Armored Division. And I just felt... I had a calling that I needed to be over there if my little brother was over there fighting. Um, so I enlisted uh, in 2003, and 27 days after I uh, finished my uh, AIT, I was in, uh, found myself in Mosul, Iraq, uh, with the 125th Infantry Division. You gave up everything. Uh, because you saw what happened on September the 11th, not only to defend your brother, to serve with your brother. But when you saw those buildings fall, what did it say to you? What compelled you to say, I'm going to put my entire life on hold and my, uh, and literally put my life on the line to serve in the U.S. military? Tell us about that. Well, I can remember just like it was yesterday, uh, I, was, I was angry uh, that you know, some terrorists would want to mess with our freedoms and, and hurt, you know, innocent people like they did that day. And um, I just felt a calling, and, and I got a long lineage of uh, military service in my in my family. Everybody's Everybody but my father has served in the military all the way back to the Civil War, which is something my grandmother was very proud of. So, Wow. So your brother and you served together in Iraq, and you had uh, several tours over there. Uh, tell us about your brother, because I understand from your email you sent me he is a Purple Heart recipient. Uh, yes, he um, he's a Purple Heart recipient. He um, got hit by um, shrapnel from a grenade. Uh, he was, uh, you know, in multiple IED uh, attacks, um, and then he, he suffers uh, from severe PTSD uh, to this day, so... When you talk to your brother about his experiences there, and you're still in the military, right? 
Uh, yes, sir. Does he feel like he's being supported? Does he feel like there are people who appreciate his sacrifice? Um, yes and no. Um, he's He's got the support because I've been there to kind of help him along. Um, there was a point in time when I mean, he was in a pretty dark place, and I had to take him to the VA to, to get some help. And um, luckily the VA is a lot better than it used to be, and uh, they got him some help, and he's – He's uh, he drives for UPS now, but he still he can't be in large groups, and he's still kind of a he's not the same person he was. Yeah, I've got a nephew who is that way, and and I remember he showed me a picture of the uh, MRAP that he was in, and uh, and he showed me an RPG under the windshield wiper, and that was right in front of him. And he, my nephew, could have died very easily that day. And I said, well, what did they did they defuse it? And he goes, no, we just blew up the rig. And his best friend was killed in one of those rigs in front of him. Uh, he saw. Sorry. I'm not the one that should be uh, emotional about this. You should. But he saw the, the pink uh, spray of uh, his best friend uh, when he was hit. And so my nephew doesn't speak to me anymore. He's uh, struggled and. Um, I apologize, Jeremiah. No, you're fine. I, I, I've been through my my uh, own emotions throughout the years as well. So, so let me ask you this, uh, Joe Biden. Um, and I don't want to make this political. I just want to talk about yeah, I, the the act of of uh, pulling out of Afghanistan. What do you suppose that did to a lot of our soldiers, uh, whether serving or veterans? Uh, it, it, what do you suppose? that did did it did it cast did they feel like that their service was in vain because of it do you suppose well the the, the there's a lot of politics on it and and i won't get involved in that because i'm st- i'm still in the military I understand. and uh but i think there's um the, the best explanation that i've i've been told about it was that for 20 years we were there and occupying afghanistan and you got to realize that there's some kids that were born during that time frame and the only thing they knew of is what we were allowing to happen you know women and children going to school um you know they're shown what freedom can look like and so what we have to hope for is that some of that might be instilled in in one of their younger generations coming up Uh, go ahead sorry I, I I think you know as far as all the other stuff. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some emotions. We lost a lot of brothers and sisters over there, and you would hope that we lost them for a reason. So, you said that you uh, 81 soldiers in your brigade have been lost on multiple deployments, and I'm assuming many of those were your friends. How do you uh, how do you how do you get by? How do you how do you stay going when you lose so many people? When you lose so many of those? I mean, we're used to you know. My mother died a year and a half ago. She was ninety one years old. Uh, I've never had a friend die in battle. But how does that? How do you carry that the rest of your life? And and how do you make the most out of it? In 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 uh, as as maybe a tribute to those who gave their lives. Well. Um... It's definitely a, a, a heavy burden that you know all of us carry. Um, I've, I've got, luckily, I've got eight, eight of my uh, battle buddies that uh, live here in Kansas City, and we all served in the same unit. If you can believe that, wow! And um, it's kind of, kind of a kind of cool little backstory. But um, the 
the burden that we carry, I just have to remind myself that, you know, see, my heroes didn't come home. They, yeah. They're the ones that, that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And so for me to honor them, I need to do something productive. And I think by helping veterans with fish is my best avenue to do that. It's so important to have veteran service organizations like FISH and the American Legion, the VFW, so that when veterans are done serving, they can uh, be provided help that nobody else is going to be able to help give them because nobody really understands another veteran better than another veteran. So You're still active duty. Do you feel appreciated? Because uh, I know that uh, 9-11 ushered in a, a, a new respect for those in uniform. Do you feel like America supports the military, both active and, uh, and uh, uh, retired? Uh Yes and no. I think when it's convenient sometimes. Um, I know when I came back in 2005 and even in 2008 from my deployments, um, there was a very strong patriotic um, sense about our country. And um, I think, unfortunately, we've been been at the war for so long that that the public has become numb to it. So, if you will, it's become old news, if you will. Yeah. and uh, it does it does feel like, uh, you know, people have started to forget about, you know, the Iraq war. And if you look at history, they've done the same thing with Vietnam and Korea and, and even World War II. So that's, you are, and that's what we try to do with fish is we try to remind people of, of the sacrifice that, you know, our brave men and women are doing overseas to protect their freedoms. Um, you are going to be leaving the military when? Uh, depends on if they keep dangling promotions in front of me. <laughs> I got you. What is your official rank right now? I should not just call you by your first and last name. I should call you by your rank and your first and last name. I'm a Sergeant First Class. Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Bull. Let me ask you this before we uh, before we depart today, and I'd love to have you on again because we need to do more for those who signed up following 9-11, those who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. We need to do more. We cannot forget your sacrifice. But you, as someone who has a brother who was injured and, and suffers PTSD, what could you offer? What can you say to those men who are either still active duty or uh, no longer serving, who are suffering physically and mentally from their sacrifice? What what can you offer them today as they they teeter between uh, you know despair and and joy? What what would you say to them? Well, the only way to really put it into perspective, and and I was ignorant of this as well until I joined the military. Um, until you live in a third world country and realize how other people have to live. You never realize how blessed you are to, to be born and grow up in the United States and have the freedoms and all the, you know, the chance that college is just something you do, not, you know, something you have to earn, you know. Um, so you really can't put a price on on that type of freedom and and uh, and way of life. So, you know, I, I strongly um defend you know anybody that wants to go and serve in in the united states military and i think that's the most honorable thing that that, uh any man or woman can do in our country um you know and and you know we go over there and we do missions and and um you know me as an nco i get i can be given a mission 
And whether I agree with it or not, politically, it doesn't matter. That we're given right. a mission, we execute it, and we do it for the for the better good of the country. So, um, finally, one question, Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Bull: um, What does this 20th anniversary mean to you and your brothers in arms? What did you say this week when uh, this rec- this uh, this anniversary happened? Well, it made me feel old. <laughs> like man, I, I don't know where twenty years went. Uh, I know, but I know how I became became a forty year old guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's uh, it's just it's crazy how how fast time flies. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I was I was blessed and privileged to serve to some of the the bravest men and women that our, our country has to offer. Yeah. Um, I had you know when I served with the Second Striker Cavalry Regiment, I had some of the best officers and, and NCOs that. Um, made me the leader I am today, and you know, yeah. hopefully, I can pass that on to my soldiers. Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Bull, thanks for joining me today. I hope I run into you at a fish gathering, and uh, thank you for your service. And please tell your uh, your fellow soldiers that we appreciate your service and your sacrifice, my brother. Uh, all right, thank you, sir. All right, take care. Let's take a break. It's a Rob Carson show. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show. Come on. I want to thank Sergeant First Class Jeremiah Bolt for joining us on the show to talk about the 20th anniversary of the uh, war on terror, uh, the Iraq War, the Afghanistan War. He's still serving, and we thank him for his service, and we thank you for yours. And if you are experiencing any sort of uh, need uh, physically or emotionally with regard to a physical injury or PTSD, please ask for help. There are millions of people who will help you if you served and you're suffering. I work with an organization called Friends in Service of Heroes. I also have worked with Fisher House that provides uh, places where family members can stay when their uh, veteran uh, or active duty service member is injured and uh, and incapacitated, uh, whether it be at Walter Reed and other Army hospitals around the country or military hospitals around the country. So uh, just want you to know that we are thinking of you. Those of you who, ser- who signed up to serve and to give up everything after 9-11, we owe you, we owe you as a country for the rest of our lives to make yours better. So thank you guys for that. We really, really appreciate it, and we will never forget. So yesterday, Xi Jinping, of course, met with Vladimir Putin. Donald Trump had uh, warned that if uh, Russia and China got together, it would be really bad for the rest of the world. And as they were departing yesterday and shaking hands, glad-handing one another, uh, Xi Jinping said to Vladimir Putin, change is coming that hasn't happened in 100 years. We are driving this change together. He also said, please take Uh, care, dear friend, gripping Putin's hand warmly before he was, uh, uh, before they parted. Now, uh, you may recall when uh, the Chinese spy balloon came over the country, when I saw it, a cold, uh, cold chill went down my spine. Because I realized that this was not only just an egregious act, this was uh, an act that showed the rest of the world that the United States had been weakened profoundly. And the United States was, in effect, ripe for the picking. And I don't choose those. I choose my words deliberately. This country has been weakened greatly in the last couple of years. It, it started before uh, COVID, but certainly has accelerated since COVID, where we had a communist Chinese country create a virus in a 
lab that we paid for and unleashed it on the world. I say that because two government agencies say, including the FBI, who says, oh, yeah, we've known about it forever. So when that balloon came over, I went, huh, China felt ballsy enough that they had weakened us enough in the last uh, three, four years with regard particularly to COVID, uh, COVID protocol, killing our economy, shutting down free speech, shutting down free speech completely. Uh, narratives and opinions completely, uh, information completely. I knew that this was a major moment in our history when our president of the United States, bought and paid for by China, it's being exposed, allowed a Chinese spy balloon to depart China. We saw it. We saw it pass across the Pacific and head northward abruptly and then come down into the States, parking over our most secure military installations. All right. This yesterday is a big deal. We need to pay attention, and I've got much more of it coming up. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.